Welcome to Dream Big with Big Dreamers, conversations for career growth, inspiration, and insight, hosted by Donna Sardula and yours truly, Scott Jones. Here are the inspiring stories that shape the careers of top executives, entrepreneurs, and professionals. These empowering discussions offer guidance and advice as you advance in your career. It's time to dream big. Hey there, Scott. Donna, how are you? I'm doing great. I feel like I want to paint something. You're, you're like your nails? <laughs> I was going to say, well, maybe my room, maybe this office. What, what, like, are you a painter? Are you an artist? I mean, I'm talking like, do you, do you have that creativity that comes out of you and you just need to create something? I used to love to draw as a kid. I, I, I like drawing a lot. And then paint. No, I mean, I, I have like, I, I, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a terrific creator of visual art. Like I, 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 li- I like it. I like, um, like I really like going to art, like the Philly Art Museum, you know, like I, or the MoMA, you know, I think experiences like that are really fascinating, but I'm not, I'm not a particularly talented creator of things in the medium visual. Well, you know, I have, I have artists on both sides of my family. And I, I think they would probably say that there's a fair amount of practice <laughs> that you need to become good at pretty much anything. But I, I don't know how true that is completely because of this guest of ours today. And uh, our guest today is David Marshy. Mar- am I pronouncing your, no, your last no, name no, correctly? I should have, I should have it's, asked it's, you. Yeah, it's Italian, Marky. so it's, the C-H is a K. I was thinking well, it was French. It it could be whatever you want. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. It could be anything. I'm going to call you Marishi then. Okay. Yeah. How about Mariachi? Let's, let's be global. Oh, I like that. Okay. Let's, just, let's just do it. I love global. All right. So, so David Markey is a self-taught abstract expressionist artist, but this wasn't always the case. He held numerous leadership positions. Just prior to his accident, he spent 17 years as the president of CEO of Bulldog New York. His market ideas include the Heineken keg can, stuffed crust pizza for Pizza Hut, numerous patents for clients like Taco Bell. And just prior to our, uh, our call today, he was telling me that he spent six months working with George Lucas and living on the Skywalker Ranch. But his passion for painting was the direct result of a uh, broken back from a boat accident in 2015. The accident was severe and he was in a coma and three days later he woke up with this intense urge to paint. It was in 2019 he was diagnosed with acquired savant syndrome. This is where a dormant savant skills emerge after a spinal or brain injury or disease in a previously non-disabled person. And now David's life is painting. Pretty amazing, huh? So, David, thank you so much for joining us today. This is by far the most interesting bio I think I have ever read. I'm I'm wondering with the Savant Syndrome, were you like bummed that it wasn't something like um, that you could like make more money with or something like picking like stock odds or like or like or counting cards or something like that? I mean, painting is fantastic. I'm just saying. No, I think, um, yeah, I end up with like the poor artist syndrome and um, but but the um, the savant acquired savant syndrome, which um, uh, Dr. Daryl Treffert, who just passed away a few months ago, studied um, quite a bit, and um, there are 
different savants that um, are almost in categories. There's artists, there's mathematicians. So it's it's crazy. I mean, you know, it's it's just crazy. And the other interesting thing is that there's not a, there's not many documented. Um, he has a, a documentation of only 300 people worldwide. So. Um, have you met any of those savants have you um, <clears throat> what is that like when um, you get together or when when you meet somebody that's crazy a savant. savants you know we're like when you, we, we do tequila shots we get like we're not savants <laughs> anymore <laughs> like um you know uh, for the longest time um when i say longest time uh, for about a year i had no idea what happened to me and it was very very frustrating um you know, you go from being a marketing guy to all of a sudden you could paint and paint pretty, pretty good. And we have color theory going on. And um, so, um, I mean, this is a crazy story, but it's my life. But so um, I get a phone call from my uh, intellectual uh, property attorney. And um, uh, I was in like an, in, in an inconvenient place at the moment. And he calls me and he goes, I don't care what you do when you got to go turn the TV on 60 minutes of 2020. And I'm like, well, Matt, I can't. He goes, I go. And I'm like, I'm on the toilet. I can't. All right. So I'll just like, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll look at it um, when I, when I, uh, when I'm done. And so um, I, I watched it and I'm like, wow. Um, part of it was about Dr. Trefford and he was with one of um, uh, his first case studies and he was a sculptor. And um, I'm like, wow, I think this could be it. So you finally had this answer as to this is what yeah, I, I've I been had, going um, through. I had an, an answer, but it wasn't really answered yet. And so I um, tracked down Dr. Treffert. Um, I got his uh, assistant and I told her the story. And I'm like, you get thousands of these. But she said, send an email and, um, you know, I'll put it, put it, put it by him. And um, just understand that he takes a long time to respond. And that's not only his age, but he gets, you know, stuff from around the world. Like within 24 hours, I get an email from him. Like a very lengthy email and um, and then that's when we started the, the diagnosis and he um, you know I, I eventually actually went into um, uh, you know his documentation as one of the um, one of the case studies so um, up until then I could never call myself an artist it just didn't feel right I wasn't trained um, yeah. but it was almost like right after he confirmed it I was like well you know I'm an artist now do other artists like hate that mm -hmm. you just sort of like it just happened for um, you? <laughs> like you right, haven't paid right, your dues. Right. Well, you know, I think I'm harder on myself than some of the artists I've, I've met because I've always had that in the back of my my mind. But where I am right now, um, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. I think the, the thing that is most upsetting for them is um, how do I say this without sounding like an asshole? But um, I had a career, so I made, you know money and I did all the stuff you do when you get a career in 401ks and whatever. So I never, um, my mission in painting was never to make money on it. My mission painting was to um, educate and uh, make people aware of this thing called um, acquired um, savant syndrome um, through uh, cranial or spinal injuries. And that really became the focus of it. And, you know, when you mentioned about meeting other um, other people with this. Um, this was so coincidental. But my um, ex-wife babysits for this couple 
they knew that I was an artist but didn't know how. They gave her a newspaper article, and it was about a, um, a gentleman. His name is um, Alder Crocker, who lives in Fairfield, so 20 minutes away from me, who was on vacation a couple years ago with his wife. The kids were out of the house, so this was like their vacation, and he was um, stepping in the um, in the water. I think it was in Aruba, and something gave way underneath, and um, he broke his neck. And almost mm. almost drowned it. It was very serious because he had no uh, mobility. And um, so uh, he essentially became a quadriplegic. And so he became, an, he same thing, he started painting and he became an artist. And so um, I contacted him and I said, dude, like, yeah. you know, we should get together and have breakfast. And um, like a week later, he pulls up, uh, you know, uh, person pulls up in a van, the door opens up, he takes his wheelchair off, goes into the diner, and it was amazing. I mean, this guy um, had did not have one regret or was not angry or bitter at all. And I could move, you know, I still have a lot of pain, but he was paralyzed essentially from the shoulders down, and his work was amazing. So what he would like, I guess, hold it in his mouth. The he um, paintbrush? created um, uh, different types of uh, brushes to use, and he has um, it's really cool. It's like a lazy Susan um, on his table. So when he uh, moves his wheelchair up to it, um, he could paint and then turn it, and paint and then turn it. So um, and and he's developed uh, tools that he can hold or place in his in his hand, and you know. I said to him, oh, that's fantastic because as we meet more artists that have similar uh, uh, lack of ability to hold that, I think that's a great area where you could, you know, help out. So we became great friends. Uh, I introduced him to Dr. Treffer. Um, he's on the registry. And we've been doing a lot of great things together. We, we actually started the um, uh, website uh, called the Acquired uh, Savant Guild. And uh, just really launched it with nothing more than we wanted to get it up there. But that'll be kind of be the hub where we direct uh, people who are interested to uh, to find out about it or want to get diagnosed. I'm I curious. There's a lot of people out there who have it and they don't even know. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, what's the term? Idiot, mm -hmm. idiot savant, right? Mm -hmm. Used to be the old term. I feel like I'm just an idiot. Like I, I, <laughs> the savant thing I'm waiting for. Uh, I'm curious, you know, I, I was thinking about, as you were talking about the movie, The Matrix, where in the end of the first Matrix, Neo kind of sees the Matrix, right? He sees code, like everything looks different to him. He sees the digital code. Did you see things differently? Like, I mean, did you, what did you see when you looked at the canvas before this developed? And what did, did any, did things look different to you? Um, what, what happened to me was um, uh, in my, in my sleep. Um, soon after the accident, um, I started having these um, uh, incredible dreams. I mean, they were all color, like just colors just like shooting wow. at me. And then two pairs of hands just like moving paint and colors. And it was so um, vivid. Um, and every night I had a dream like that, every single night. And then what, wow. what happened when I picked up the paintbrush and started painting is, um, and I started on a really tiny thing and now I paint 40 by um, 60 by 40 big, big pieces. Um, but I would go into my studio as I do now and I would look at a blank canvas and 
I would look at all the colors of paint I have and I would just go up and pick them like like naturally just pick this pick this pick this lay it up in front of the canvas and um, and start painting um, and a lot of it was from my dreams so it was like if you can replicate mm -hmm. something from a dream and you know put it out there this was as, to me as close as you can get do you feel like it's the dream that's pushing you or do you feel like there's is there a spiritual element that's that's imbuing yeah. you with think, this yeah, I think, need um, it's an interesting question i'm not religious um i'm somewhat spiritual you know I, I believe in god and you know every time i need something of course i go to him hey you know I promise I'll never drink again if, you know, if I don't throw up in a toilet, you know, <laughs> we've all done that. Right. Um, but it's, it's so strange because every single day I wake up every day um, and I walk into my studio, I just am so thankful. I just, I say thank you to you know, whoever, whoever wants to hear it because it's still so incredible in me. It's, it's still hard to grasp that, uh, People pay money for my work and my work. Right? I, I heard that Lady Gaga has your paintings hanging in her yeah, Well, she mansion. doesn't have them hanging in her mansion. She has a, um, uh, a foundation with a mother called uh, uh, Born This Way Foundation. And um, I donate um, quite a bit of my work to um, foundations and charities. Um, and I really like what they stand for. Um, I really like what they do. Um, her mother is just so involved in leading this with, you know, teens and kids um, around the country. And so I donated um, three paintings to them. And uh, well, I painted one in particular for her and um, to use however they want to use that, you know, to, to auction it or hang it up in their house. Um, and I also um, am quite active in the um, human rights campaign. I, um, donate work to them every year for their big gala event and they auction it off. So, yeah, I mean, wherever, you know, wherever I can help an organization that's meaningful yeah. and kind of fits in with a, a mission that I really want to go forward with, I'm, I'm fine with, uh, with giving it away. I'm curious. You're, so you, this boating accident, right? This was your friend's boat in Tampa, yeah. right? Do you, I'm wondering how the accident and, and, what developed from it. did that change that relationship at all? I mean, because in some ways, like so much of your life has been shaped by going out on a friend's boat. Well, unfortunately, Scott, I can't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Yes. Like I, I, I can't, I okay. can't talk about it because yeah, because you know, it's, it's a legal thing more than anything else. So gotcha. Live, okay. I gotcha. I have to tell you, um, he and his partner were um, really good. We were really good friends. We did everything. We traveled around the world together. And um, uh, and I don't d dislike them at all. I mean, I'm still fond of them. The problem I had was um, the day after the accident, um, they never, ever called me again, ever. Like, yeah. Wow. Like if I really messed up a friend, I would be on a plane to help or... Um, you know, and, and I think that's what absolutely hurt me the most. It's like, how can I not even get a phone yeah. call to say, how you doing? Can we do anything for you? So, you know, I just let it be, um, you know, we, we didn't get in contact anymore and then it's just working out the way it, you know, it needs to work out. So, 
that's got to be so torturous though, because I mean, this this event has been so determinative of your life, right? I mean, you you almost like it's like um, you know, the BCAD kind of thing, right? This is like. A BBA, like before boat accident, and and ABA, ABC after or after boat, ABA after boat accident, and and so to to have that relationship severed, it's just got to be very. I I would I would think that'd be very painful. Um, It was more hurtful than painful. Um, You know, I had enough pain. I didn't want to put any more pain. It was just hurtful. You know, it's um, listen. I've always taught my kids to be kind to people and take responsibility and, um, and pay it forward. And, you know, and you'll have a good life, you know, whatever, whatever that is. And, um, yeah, so it, you know, it severed a relationship, but also, you know, uh, a group of really close friends who, you know, were, we were all friends together and, um, you know, someday that may, you know, mend, but. Yeah. But, but in some ways, I mean, there's the death of that, but there's been this birth of so much more. And think of all of the things that you've done and you're helping and you're yeah. pushing that well, know, wouldn't have question. happened I get, I get prior. I get so. a lot, um, and you, you probably know what it is, but um, if you had to do it all over again, would you do it? And my response is, um, of course I wouldn't, you know want to break my back and my wrists and I'm still going through sur- I have three surgeries coming up in the next year and a half, but I'm, I'm happy of what came out of it because never in my life could I ever dream of this. You know, I'm creative. I'm very creative, but I couldn't draw a stick figure. So to produce art, um, you know, that people like that gets recognized that, you know, I got, you know, a, a good following on Instagram and on Twitter and, you know, um, it's great because I, like my Instagram account really took momentum and I started getting um, direct messages from people around the world with, Oh my God, I, I think I have the same thing or um, incredibly um, personal and intimate in the details they gave me. And I never met them before. And um, it got to a point where there were so many coming in that um, that's when I talked to um, Dr. Treffer about, you got to help me. I'm an artist and, you know, and there's not one of them that I don't answer. I, yeah, I have to answer. So we set something up where they can um, go through a portal or, or get in touch with um, his, um, his organization directly. So that's one of the cool things about social media too. It's like people discover you. And that was the whole uh, mission and objective of what I wanted to do. And now Alder and I want to do is let people, discover it or give them access to information and so they don't have to be go through the pain that kind of i did on what the hell happened to me yeah i would guess being a savant is a lonely experience yeah because there are very few people that you know i'm sure describing what it's like is it's hard because there's most people don't have any kind of common frame of reference for your experience that's, that's that's a great point because that's why um I, that's why I found through fate, probably um, Trevor and my my attorney Matt Wagner on you know listening to the news. But um, you know I wanted to have someone that could legitimize what I have. So when I get interviewed or, or you know if, if there's a, a, a doctors come in and speak with me that I could reference someone. I could say speak to Doctor uh, Daryl Trevor and you know he'll give you the information. So. 
um, I wanted to legitimize what I had um, only to once again get get the word out. So, you know, because it is unbelievable. People are like, "What? Really? Like, no way!" I'm like, "Yeah." yeah. I think people want to have that happen to them. Like, they want to wake up and suddenly. <laughs> but it, but but what I'm hearing though is it comes with a whole slew of other things. Yeah. It's not this picture perfect, wonderful. No, hey, let me uh, know. Just start. No, I mean, it, painting. yeah, because I, I could be uh, make a lot of money if I could just figure out the formula and put it out there. But no, it's it's been um, it's 2015 and it's 2021, and I'm still um, in incredible pain. I'm in chronic pain. And did did you stop Bulldog New York because yeah. of the accident? Yeah. All right, so you basically said, this is, I can't keep well, going down. I, yeah, um, the, the focus of my company then, which was, this is another incredible thing. <clears throat> uh, myself and two partners, one based in um, Switzerland, one on the West Coast, I came up with this idea for um, Times Square to create a consumer experiential ride. So um, I actually designed a, um, a ride that would go up the side of the building um, and you can get a hmm. whole landscape of Times Square and Central Park, but, um, you know, the ball drop and, um, it went really far. I mean, this was a business that we were, uh, it was set up. We, um, had, uh, uh, preliminary investors. We had, uh, groups in other countries, um, so, you know, South Korea, um, uh, in, in Europe, um, that wanted to participate and then replicate it. And, um, yeah, right, right after the accident, um, uh, we essentially had to stop it cause I, I was a creative director, but I was also the consumer experience guy. And I had to travel around the world to, this is not going to sound too bad, but test drive rides and meet with ride developers and manufacturers and walk parks and, um, and, you know, and, you know, really involved with the city. I mean, with mayor Bloomberg at the time. So yeah, it, it stopped. It, it just stopped. And, um, so do you miss it? Do you miss Bulldog? I, these are really good questions because it makes me think, um, I miss, I miss the, um, I miss seeing the work that I do with a team, um, creatively out in the marketplace. I miss this ride in Times Square would have been, you know, unbelievable. It would have been, you know, a game changer for tourism in New York city. Um, and my mind is always thinking marketing. My, I could be, you know, walking down the street and, you know, this morning I said to my son, John, um, just a quick story. So we had to get my, uh, my partner an appointment for his COVID shot. I mean, I don't know if you guys have tried it, but it is a nightmare. Nightmare. It's brutal. So I got my shot at, uh, at Walgreens and I, I said to the woman who gave it to me, I said, listen, Give me the inside scoop. I mean, you know, I got to get his vaccination. She goes, all the Walgreens just got 100 um, units today. And at 1201, they're going to release everything. You have to go online. And so <laughs> what we had set up was. It's just, it's just like harder than getting a new oh iPhone. I, I mean, I'm telling you, almost impossible. So my partner, Jim, was in the living room. Um, my son, John, was here. And on our screens, we had. Um, I had six websites open. Okay. I took the VAMS websites. They took Walgreens, took CVS. And at 12, 1159, we just went and started hitting, hitting the buttons, hitting the buttons. And finally, 
finally I got one, you know, it's the end of March, but I got one for him. And so then I stopped and I looked at him and I said, you know, this is a business. I said, I would have paid a hundred bucks plus a bonus, depending on how many days out I can get to have someone do this for me. So, you know, that's the way my mind thinks. But now I have to bite my tongue every time I'm with somebody and I know I can give an idea or, or they want to hire me for something. And uh, I just bite my tongue because I'm like, I'm focused for the first time in my life. But do you I, feel that, do you feel that you're more creative since the accident? I mean, are these frenetic dreams also going down marketing wormholes for right. you as well? Or is it just, is it, is it very much painting and that's it? Or are you finding it oh, going it into other areas of your life? Other areas and, um, and, and these areas tend to be um, creating brand new things, like brand new things, like, you know, and I write them down. I have them everywhere, you know, um, and it's crazy. Some of them I think about, some of them I see if there's patents on them. Um, but I love doing that. But once again, I pulled in and said, my painting is where it's at. And, you know, if someone thinks it's a good idea, you know, you know, knock yourself out and, and, and go do it. But, um, yeah, so I think it is. It strikes me that it seems like you switched. There's a major switch in your life because your work was very collaborative and team-oriented, right? You're working with people all the time. To now your work, I mean, painting is, it strikes me as a fairly solitary existence when you're working, right? There's not there's not a t collaborative team that's sitting around, all right, a little more blue there, a little more, you know, you're, it's you in a canvas. Yeah, it's a lonely life, you know? It's a, <laughs> it's a very lonely non-paid life but um yeah i think um uh, that is um kind of what a, what an artist is but it's where do you get your inspiration from and who do you hang out with and where do you go and so i um i made the decision with uh, the help of my doctors and also um, um very very strict planning on how i would do this but um, the thing that happened to me, which was the most incredible thing, and it still happens today, is uh, when I walk into my studio, no matter how much pain I have, whether it's, you know, on a scale of 10, uh, 8 or 9, as soon as I get in there and as soon as I start painting, I don't feel any pain. So um, the, the, really? either the distraction or the mental um, really getting into the painting takes over, um, you know, really severe pain. So I said to my doctors that um, I would love to be able to go to certain parts of the world um, to do residencies and meet other artists because that's where I am um, the most um, calm and I kind of feel like myself again. And I'm not, you know, moving around in my chair and getting up and taking pills. And um, so they set up, um, uh, I told them where I wanted to go. Um, they did all the background work on you know, where the hospitals, you know, where are, you know, the um, uh, back doctors. Um, so they helped me pull that together. And they also um, gave me the routine on um, how to get on the plane and how to sit for 10 hours and what you need to do because you can't sit for 10 hours. So, I mean, it was really scripted for me. And so um, with that, sorry. Uh, so with that, uh, I went to... Um, I went over to France and I uh, was there for a month outside of Paris, uh, meeting all these um, artists from around the world. And 
um, and painting with some of them. So it was the first time I started interacting with other artists that were, you know, painting different things, but two of us are in the same room. And so it was okay to ask, you know, hey, what do you think about this? And what do you think about this? And um, so there was no ownership of uh, the idea. It was really collaborative. And then I went to um, um, Sao Paulo um, on an island. Um, I um, actually got into uh, one of the craziest residencies is in Provincetown, Massachusetts, and it's called the Shacks. And um, it's a group of old shacks in the dunes um, that were started in the 20s. But um, people like um, O'Neill, um, uh, Pollock, um, all these unbelievable um, artists uh, went, went there and stayed there. There's no electricity. You have to pump your water out in the sand. You have to bring your food. Um, and it's hard to get into. And I just was like, I, I love Provincetown. I've been going there since I was seven. And I applied for it. And then um, I got a note back saying, you know, you are accepted. And uh, so you pack all your stuff for a week. They literally drive you. You have to bring your paints. So they drive you to your shack. Um, and they drop you off. And they pick you up on, you know, seven days from then. And you're on your own. Like after day one, I'd be like, I'm yeah. done here. <laughs> when the sun went down, <laughs> some panic set in. I'm like, oh, it's not enough light here. I, I'm, I'm curious. Are you are you in pain yeah, right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible pain. Like on a one to ten, like what would you say? Like, um, it, it's like an eight right now. I can't sit wow. down. Is um, is horrible for me. Like, it's horrible for me. Because I wouldn't know. I mean, you, you the way you come across just conversationally, I would not guess. Like, if I was in that kind of pain, I couldn't have a conversation. But it, it's remarkable to me how lucid and even gregarious you are at that pain level. I mean, yeah, is that have yeah. you learned how to yeah, like, think, push yeah, through? I, I mean, is that a learned what, skill? Um, I'm at a point now after five years that uh, my threshold for pain is so high that I can't judge, you know, if I cut my finger and, you know, I'm, I'm bleeding and it hurts, I, I can't judge whether that's really painful or not really painful. So, it, yeah, it ha has it has done that. It's it's very hard to I could tell on a one, scale of one to ten um, how I'm doing. Um, but, you know, it's 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 constant. Um, but I have my painting. So, you know, I, I have my painting and I can also walk. Um, you know, I look at my friend Alder who can't walk. Um, and sometimes I think I'm, you know, mm, bitchier mm. than, than he'll ever be, but you know, that's what you got to look at. You got to look at, um, those wins and, you know, the pain's going to be with me for the rest of my life. My doctors have said, you know, it's, you know, uh, you know, yoga, I did yoga every day. I miss yoga. I mean, uh, every single day. That's the thing I miss most is, is doing yoga. Um, and the morning of the accident, I did an hour and a half of yoga. And um, uh, my doctors think that that might have saved me from being paralyzed uh, because I was so limber and, and loose. And um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I miss that the most. I really wish I could do that again. Now, you actually worked with George Lucas. <laughs> I was you, thinking that's you were on the Skywalker ranch, right? I mean, this is there like Star Wars stuff on the ranch? Are there like X-wing fighters? Like, 
in the backyard? I mean, is there like quirky now, stuff I'll tell you, there? The quirky stuff is well. First of all, when you get to Skywalker Ranch and you go through a door, it's just like you're in the gates of heaven. I think I heard angels and choirs when I went in there. But it's like a little um, village city. There's a fire department. They have um, uh, a, a school there for uh, the, the you know preschool for the, um, parents that work there. <clears throat> and then he has this um, huge building that that's, uh, I mentioned earlier is called the library. That's where all the stuff is. That's where everything he creates is there. There's one of everything there. And so once again, to walk into that building, you just can't take that for granted. You know, I think my son did. He was like, yeah, I got those toys at home. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't have those toys. Um, but the um, whole kind of spirit of, the ranch is you're driving up this long, long road and, you know, mountains. And, and then all of a sudden you see this enormous Victorian mansion, Victorian mansion. And, um, it was absolutely beautiful. And so everybody worked, worked there. I mean, it was literally, it wasn't his house, uh, but that's the, the, uh, the place where everybody created. And the thing that was most, um, spectacular about the house was his, um, his art collection. And um, it was amazing. Right after, right after the pitch, I was so tired. Um, I went in like one of the parlors and I laid on a couch and fell asleep. And then I woke up and I thought I was in a dream because I saw like a Norman Rockwell painting like above the fireplace. And um, I like him, but I'm not like a huge, like I'm going to go out and you know, buy a print of it. And I looked at it and I went up to it. I'm like, oh, this kind of looks real or whatever. And so I went over to uh, the president of, uh, of Lucasfilms, and I'm like, um, this is unbelievable. He goes, yeah, he goes, no one um, no one in the public has ever seen that. It's a real Norman Rockwell, and this is where it sits, and only people generally that come here um, see it. And that was like at all around the place. Um, it was beautiful. It wasn't opulent. Uh, George Lucas left every day at, I forgot, 4 o'clock to go pick his kids up at school. Um, so it wasn't, um, you know, I, the only, I felt intimidated once and it was when I did the presentation and I, I created, um, at the time it was earth shattering, but a lenticular, like 12 pack box where you move it around and you can see Star Wars figures and we did black cans for the first time ever. So I had this whole thing orchestrated like pin lights and like low music and I'm walking out by myself with this package and. I present it, and then George Lucas stands up, and he starts walking towards me. And as he's walking towards me, I'm like walking back because I have no idea what he's going to say. He's going to like bitch slap me or something. I'm like, that's when I started getting nervous. Every other time I was with him, met him, it was like kind of cool. But he started walking towards me. And he got the box and he looked at it. And he said, like, this is one of the most amazing marketing things I've ever seen. And so that was the moment I said, I think we got this business. You know, Coca Cola is not going to get it, and. Um, yeah, it was, you know, it was life-changing also. I mean, can you imagine George Lucas walking up to you? No. <laughs> no, was, is he like, it, he's obviously a very creative guy. I mean, I'm wondering, is he like funny? Is he fun? I mean, is he a very, is he a very serious guy? I didn't guy? spend um, any time, uh, social time with him. Um, so he was pretty serious, um, you know, in, in the meetings. Um, you know, I can imagine he's got so much on his mind, but... Um, you know, that was a pretty serious meeting. I think I was the only one there cracking jokes, and fortunately, people were laughing. But, um, but he, he, you know, he's intense. Um, he's just really super intense. 
That's yeah, amazing sure. experience. David, do you have any, any keys that you want to share with our audience as to what keeps you moving forward and, and maybe even some things that you, you know, you use to, you know, drive your career as you did, because I mean, you CEO, president, I mean, you, you, you went far and even now you're going far. What, what drives you? What are those keys? Several things. I mean, you know, I suffer from mental illness, so, you know, um, and my children do too. So there's a huge, you know, I don't want to use the word battle, but there's that struggle on top of everything else. Um, but, you know, I, I always, there's a couple of things I say to them. Um, one is um, never lose hope. You have to have hope. And when you feel you're at your lowest, um, think of something that you can look at. And if it's that little light, you got to look at it. And I don't care if it's uh, uh, the little light is walking outside to walk on the beach, but you need to um, do that. The other thing is, um, Always ask, um, always ask a question, no matter what it is, no matter if you think it's the most ridiculous question or it's going to make you look stupid. Because I said there's only two answers. It's yes and no. So I think that for them growing up gave them uh, permission maybe to, you know, be a little bit more open to kind of speak their mind and ask questions. And, you know, I think for anyone, especially yeah. people that uh, have had, uh, injuries. I think everybody processes it differently. Uh, but I, I think, you know, I hate this expression, but at the end of the day, I think it's an individual thing. Um, however, the commonality, I think, is uh, uh, talking to people, letting them hear you talk about it and letting them understand what you went through, because most of the time they pick up something from that. It's like, wow, you know, when you paint, you don't feel pain. And I say to them, yeah, pick up a brush. Go get a you know go get a thing of paint and that's the thing that they might not have thought about so i think um for me it's really just passing it on and paying it forward yeah well david thank you so much <laughs> for joining yeah. us today yeah this yeah. has been fantastic yeah. absolutely fascinating better, but you know what am i going to do <laughs> see this shirt i just have to show you this quickly so it says, um, yes, I'm smiling because, you know, you can't tell the emotions on anybody anymore wearing a mask. And so, you know, I actually like pretend to get mad at yeah. people, but I'm not like because they can't tell. So now I wear this shirt with my mask and at least they think I'm at least they think I'm <laughs> smiling. I might be calling them something else. but You can always get a mask with a yeah, big smiley yeah, face yeah. on it, too. That could work. Spews out the feelings you have. But thanks. This is great. I really appreciate it. You know, I'm like. Uh, thankful to Craig Coffee who introduced us, and um, yeah, I'll I'll be on again if you want. We can you can go to my studio and watch me paint or whatever whatever you like. Oh, all right, I, I love like it. That. You're welcome. Thank you so much. All right, until thanks, next time. Guys. Thanks for dreaming big with big Bye -bye. dreamers. Bye bye. <laughs> thanks for listening to Dream Big with Big Dreamers. If you like the show, please do us a favor. Go into iTunes and write a review and give us a rating or share it with a friend via social media or email if you think they'd benefit from these conversations. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time. Until then, keep dreaming big.